Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new series on the Gamers Plus channel. My name is Alexander Kazina. Hello, everybody. And this is Eilert. Hey, I'm Eilert. I'm uh, joining Alexander today, and we're going to learn some things about the uh, Command & Conquer franchise. Indeed, we are. Um, a bit of a quick update at the start of this. Uh, I know that some of you have been waiting to uh, listen to some of our uh, new commentaries uh, that we previously promised uh, on this channel. Uh, those are still going to be coming in the future. Uh, we got a bit uh, sidetracked by some basically other obligations, uh, but we will be producing more of those uh, later on. For now, however, we wanted to you know uh, keep the channel populated with new interesting content. And we figured we'd do something that we've been meaning to do for quite some time, which is basically sit down and interview each other on franchises and games that one person is very familiar with, but that the other person is not so familiar with. And today we're going to be talking about the Command and Conquer series, which is a series that I, you know, as a result of, you know, writing for the channel for a couple of years now have come to be kind of decently familiar with, but... I can't claim to be as familiar or as knowledgeable about it as you, either. Uh, well, we're about to find out. I mean, I love the franchise. I, uh, it's, it's, I think, one of the actual first ever games that I've ever played myself. So I go way back with it, and, uh, and I hope well, I can uh, don't, don't think it too about it. Don't go too into detail, because oh, I'm yeah. going to... Yeah, I have some questions to ask you about that. For sure. Yeah. So the way that this is going to work is to kind of keep things structured and orderly. Uh, we decided ahead of time that we're going to be asking each other questions and that we're specifically only going to limit ourselves to 10, you know, very specific questions. Obviously, as our conversation grows and evolves, we might pepper in like a little side, you know, question here or there. But we want to just kind of keep it to 10 uh, questions. So without further ado, let me start off by asking, what is Command and Conquer? Um, it is a real-time strategy game, um, so it's not turn-based, you don't have to wait your turns or anything, it's all happening, um, yeah, in real-time, um, and it's basically, uh, you command armies, you command, uh, vehicles, units, uh, you build structures, and with these structures and units you try to take over and, and defeat the other player, um, AI. Um, so, yeah, Command & Conquer is a, is a strategy game um, in its root, and uh, <laughs> that's really it, yeah. Alright, cool. And the second question is, how did you become familiar with the series? You uh, hinted at this a little bit more, and uh, kind of older fans of us will know that uh, a little while ago we appeared on the Zone Bros podcast, where I feel like you talked a little bit about your experience with the history there. Uh, but let's kind of hear it again. How did you become familiar with this real-time strategy series? Yeah, so the first time, or, or when I uh, moved to uh, the Netherlands, this was around uh, 1999. I came from, uh, from America, actually. I, uh, I, I um, got acquainted with some new people around my uh, neighborhood, which uh, eventually um, turned into like a, a lifelong friend thereafter. Um, and one of the first games uh, that we played on his old uh, Windows 98 computer was uh, Command & Conquer Red Alert. And I remember being so enamored with like the, um, 
the the whole uh, top down isometric design strategy. I, I I thought it was so cool um, to the point where I actually uh, when I was not playing the game, I was making these little drawings of like how I would design um, bases uh, for when I was playing the game again because you know we were childs and we didn't have unlimited access to the computer. So right. uh, yeah, this this was all like very early. I think it, I'm I'm talking about 2000, 2001 right now. So yeah, this was actually one of the first games that I that I played back then. Yeah, that's a lot like like people drawing their own like dungeons in Zelda, like back when the series was entirely top down, or like drawing their own levels in Mario, basically. Yeah, for sure. And I think those games, like the the more simple in design uh, games, kind of allow for that. Whereas games currently these days. Don't really have that same kind of magic. Hmm. Cool. Now, the thing about the Command and Conquer series that, you know, as an outsider uh, back when I first joined Gamers, I wasn't really aware of, but that I kind of gradually became more and more understanding of the more and more I researched the series is that there are basically three different, maybe even more than that, questionably branches in the Command and Conquer series. So could you kind of like go into detail into what these sort of different branches are and like, what do you think, uh, what's your kind of personal favorite of them? Yeah. So you have the, uh, Tiberian universe, which is all about, um, the GDI and, the the nod. Um, so this is basically your, your generic allied faction versus a very, actually, I think very cool, um, not terrorists, but you know they're they're sort of the bad guys, um, or at least it's hinted at. And you also have the aliens later on in uh, Command and Conquer Three. Um, you also have the uh, Red Alert universe, which is about uh, the Allies versus the Soviets. Uh, and there's some cool uh, time manipulation, um, history alter <laughs> altering stuff going on there which is really you know cool to find out for yourself uh, if you ever get into the series and then there's also the generals universe which is about usa versus china versus the global liberation army the gla um of all these three universes i would have to say even though most people think it's kind of the most generic of the three i, I still think that uh the generals universe really has a certain charm to it and um I cannot really put my finger on what that charm really is, but I just enjoy the factions. I really enjoy the, the, the vehicles, the units. Um, it's all a bit more grounded, um, but even then it has a lot, a lot of personality, uh, that universe. So I'd have to go with generals. Hmm. When I was, uh, you know, researching the video for, uh, whatever happened to command and conquer generals Two, the kind of canceled, uh, game that at one point morphed into a multiplayer centric free to play game and all that. Uh, the it kind of struck me that the generals branch of the Command and Conquer series is kind of like the fan favorite branch, where it's not as beloved or as storied as the other two branches. In part because it's a little bit, uh, it was created a little bit later on. Uh, but there are a lot of kind of diehard fans that really kind of love it. Would you say if that's like an accurate description of the generals branch? Yeah, I, I do think so that um, it, it may co uh, come down to the fact that Generals was released at a really interesting point in time. Um, a lot of the subject matter within the first Generals uh, was really uh, contemporary to what was going on in, in real life, you know, with the uh, 
Iraq and Afghanistan wars back then. Um, mm. So I think that that game really came out at a at an interesting point in time, and and because of that, it became really popular as well. In addition to being the first 3D Command and Conquer, uh, back then Command and Conquer was only 2D, um, and I don't really think that um, Westward or EA uh, Los Angeles really struck gold again with the Command and Conquer franchise as much as they did with like. Uh, generals so i think that for a lot of people generals was kind of their first and best introduction to the series and after that um there weren't really a lot of opportunities to get into the franchise you know as 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 well as with generals mm. uh at the same time though like generals you know from what you describe and you know what i gleam from my research into it is definitely you know substantially more uh, it's substantially more serious, much less comical than some of the other branches. And I can understand how, you know, some players really like the kind of loony zaniness of Tim Curry and, hmm. you know, uh, all that other eccentricity of the other two branches, you know. Yeah, for sure. Even though, even though, like, if you, if you click on the units or if you order them around, like, generals have some really fun uh, voice lines uh, there. So I'd say the um the kind of zany wackiness is still retained in in uh just the general gameplay not so much the cutscenes or or what have you it's it's more the the underlying um you know gameplay that gives it that that um humorous edge right right so moving on from you know talking about uh each of the individual branches on the whole what was the kind of command and conquer series you know, overall effect on the sort of real-time strategy genre kind of over the years? Like, how is it that it, you know, uh, basically affected it, uh, made it grow, evolve? What were uh, the biggest ways in which it changed, you know, its fellow competitors? Ooh, I, I'm not sure if I'm equipped to answer this um, question, we, but we I... We don't need to go, like, super, you know, in-depth. No, can just sure. be like, yeah. Um... Well, the one thing I do remember from uh, making the Command and Conquer uh, Rise and Fall video is that back in back in the um, in the two D era when when Command and Conquer was still two D, it had a, um, a comp competition going on with uh, Warcraft and Starcraft. Blizzard was releasing its own uh, brand of of uh, real time strategy games, and for each strategy game that Blizzard launched. Um, Westwood had a um, RTS game to uh, to launch in comp in competition with that. So I think the way they kind of one upped each other uh, has led to uh, StarCraft being one of the most influential strategy games uh, in a long time, and Warcraft kind of evolving um, uh, evolving to the to the way it is now, to the brand it is right now, and and you also have that ripple effect from people playing Warcraft 3 and modding that game into a uh, into a MOBA which effectively spawned the MOBA uh, genre as a whole so i think that command and conquer's influence on the on the not just the RTS scene but like the gaming scene as a whole is very much overlooked it was like it it laid the groundwork for what the RTS formula was in its heyday and then a lot of experience evolved from that, not just new RTS games. 
It, there's, you know, a, a turn of phrase, which is the rising tide raises all ships or raises all boats. And it, it strikes me that that's very applicable to this series. Yeah, for sure. I, I'd say that, um, yeah, again, the, the effect Command & Conquer has had on the gaming industry is often overlooked. And uh, yeah, I hope our videos kind of, or at least the Rise and Fall videos kind of kind of lay out what it what it meant for the gaming industry. Um but yeah, I do agree with this statement very much. Yeah. Now, you know, obviously this series elevated uh, the kind of stature and, you know, popularity and made other series around it grow. But what do you think specifically made Command & Conquer appealing to players in ways that maybe Blizzard's RTSs or Age of Empires and its kind of derivatives uh, weren't? Like, what is it about the series that made people go, oh, this porridge is just right. Those porridges are too hot or too cold. Uh, I'd say that Command & Conquer was always, in a way, sort of relatable. Even with the Red Alert universe, um, it was all built on the on the Red Scare that was really still kind of uh, having its uh, rippling effects in the in the 90s. And, and with, like, the first Command & Conquer, it was all very uh, much based on the the Desert Storm era of, of warfare. And uh, like I said with generals, it was also very contemporary for the effects or the um, or the, the wars that were going on back then. So I'd say that uh, Command & Conquer as a whole has always um, had a lower barrier to entry because it was always a more relatable uh, game than the fantastical conceits of the likes of Warcraft or Starcraft. And I think that a lot of players kind of enjoyed that that aspect hmm cool cool so uh you know the command and conquer series you know got its start in the mid 90s uh you know continued throughout the early 2000s mid 2000s uh and then you know as we discuss in our rise and fall of the command and conquer series video it kind of came screeching to a halt with kind of command and conquer 4 tiberium twilight um, in your original video, you really kind of stress how much that series, sorry, how much that game really kind of did a number on the series and effectively uh, kind of resulted in it hibernating slash going away for quite some time. Um, but I want to kind of like uh, play devil's advocate for a second here. If Tiberian Twilight hadn't been, you know, the failure that it was, if it was a perfectly serviceable, or if not that, even a great game, like, do you think that the series still had much longer to go after that point? Or do you think that the series kind of would have kind of collapsed or gone away anyways? Yeah, it's difficult to tell. I, I personally don't think that uh, Command & Conquer 4 was really the, the final nail in the coffin for the franchise as it as it was, because even if it hadn't been released at all, I, I think that the RTS um, genre was kind of coming to an end when when the um, seventh generation of consoles was really gaining traction. So I, I don't really put all the blame on Command & Conquer 4. Um, while I do think it's regrettable that it was launched in, in that state, I, I don't think it really uh, was that you know, the, the, the final coffin for Command & Conquer, no. Mm. 
Would you say it was more a product of just sort of the increasing rise in popularity of consoles and developers becoming more and more incensed on trying to develop games that are specifically built with consoles, you know, limitations and affordances in mind, and a series like Command and Conquer, which is a real-time strategy series, you know, not really kind of working well on those platforms? Yeah, you were you were already seeing that in the uh, in the seventh gen uh, that that PC as a as a platform was just not really viable for a lot of uh, publishers, including EA, and and I think that was just their way of kind of putting the franchise uh, to rest. And I I don't know, I'm not sure what they're doing right now with the remaster, what their intent is. Maybe yeah, the the the, the franchise or or the PCs rising again but who knows <laughs> yeah um so yeah i mean on the subject of that like how do you feel about the kind of series uh the outlook on the series future at the moment you know you mentioned the uh current remake which is coming along the way although it's unknown when exactly it is coming or what it will look like do you think that the series has a chance of making a comeback it's. I know it's kind of like to, especially to older art, uh, RTS fans that have been with it since the heydays. It can seem kind of bleak right now, but you know we we have had examples this console generation of games like Divinity Original Sin Two, for example, which kind of revived that old school brand of Western RPGs and have you know in turn led to games like, for example, Baldur's Gate Three getting off the ground. <laughs> Do you think that potentially something similar could happen with Command and Conquer? Yeah, maybe. I I'm not sure. Um, again, I, I could see it happen from any other publisher uh, than EA. Uh, the fact is that for EA, this is just a really odd move and and something that's so out of their uh, you know usual line of uh, of making making games. Uh, so I I just I'm not sure what their rationale is behind uh, remaking or remastering Command and Conquer the way they they're doing right now. Uh, obviously, it's not going to be as as big of a hit like their uh, FIFA or the Battlefield franchises. So I'm really kind of curious to see where where this is going and and if there's um, a lot more coming. Uh, the future is very very much unpredictable for me right now as a Command and Conquer fan. But I'm at least excited that this is happening though. Hmm. Uh, just uh, for the record for those who might be kind of listening to this uh, episode but who may not have heard about it the specific game that's being remastered is Command and Conquer and Red Alert uh, and I, I mean uh, I guess I should probably ask you like you said that this is like a very weird move for EA what do you think kind of prompted it uh, to happen in the first place um from what I've read on on Reddit, it was uh, mostly that it mostly came down to a single person uh, within EA. Uh, his his name is Jim Jim Fisella, if I recall correctly, who uh, who was really passionate about the franchise. He he had worked within EA LA uh, before it was shut down or rebranded to uh, Dice Los Angeles. Right, and 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 he kind of pushed for this to happen, and EA. Um, and with EA, he reached out to Petroglyph, who were, um, I don't know if, um, if, if it's correct, but they're a bunch of them are ex-Westwood employees, so, um, or, or a, a small handful of them at least. 
and, yeah. and and with that team they're just kind of you know re- remastering this uh franchise but yeah again i i don't really know why or or what their end goal is with this yeah i mean i i'd have to imagine that it probably uh fits uh into profit uh, ea's profit margins in the way that something like that uh that like indie yarn game for example or other kind of like similar uh games those like kind of indie light games mm-hmm. uh that EA has kind of managed to make part of their portfolio over the past few years. It's probably not something that's like consuming a lot of resources. And so I'd imagine that the higher ups are probably like, yeah, sure. Kind of go ahead with it. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps it's just, you know, trying to raise brand awareness, trying to keep command and conquer, um, you know, the brand alive for, for when a day comes that RTS is in vogue again and that, um, you know, that they kind of want to, have that brand, you know, ready to go uh, and, and launch like a proper new sequel for it. Uh, yeah, that could be a possibility. Hmm. So uh, we're kind of uh, reaching, we're basically two thirds of the way through the kind of questions. I know it sounds like I asked you a hundred questions, but <laughs> I- I'm keeping track and I've actually asked you about seven questions. Okay. So uh, we're getting towards the end here, but I still have some hard hitters. Um, first one, this is a, a little bit of a weird uh, tangent, but stick with me. Uh, the thing about the Command & Conquer series is that not every game in the Command & Conquer series has been an RTS. There have been some, you know, attempts slash experiments in other genres. How do you, what, what are your kind of your opinions on those? And in fact, do you have much of an experience with them at all? So I have played Command & Conquer Renegade, which is the game I think you're referring to, the first person. Right. Yeah. The reason why I'm saying oh, I said like multiple experiences because there were also some like canceled like uh, projects and whatnot uh, that were covered in some of our previous videos as well. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so my thoughts on them are are basically very neutral. I do think that the uh, Command and Conquer or or some of the Command and Conquer universes lend themselves very well to experience that are not um, RTS. So there's this canceled uh, first-person shooter, I believe, which was uh, yeah. set in, in the General's universe, which was basically uh, the same kind of game as uh, Homefront ended up being, uh, a game in which you were like the last uh, resistance within America as the uh, Chinese invaded, I, I believe. Yeah, or it's South Korea. Uh, sorry, North Korea. I, I, I don't yeah. remember. Yeah, something like that. And... Well, I do think it's an interesting concept. Um, I, I do think that, you know, if they're going to be riding on that Command & Conquer brand, it would be cool to see at least uh, like a mixture of RTS elements. And I think that the Tiberium game, which was a first-person shooter slash RTS game that never ended up uh, seeing the light, was a very interesting experiment. And I would have loved to see that, you know, um, coming out. In the end, I, I don't really think that every... Uh, game that's released in the Command and Conquer universe should be a RTS game. I, I do like to see a sort of variety, but uh, it's always a bit iffy, though. It, you have to nail a lot of you know elements to uh, please, you know, Command and Conquer fans in that way. Right. And and the thing is, you know, right now with the series, you know, in you know uh, on sort of semi life support, you kind of want to put your best foot out forward and that best foot out forward is doing something traditional and that people know and love as opposed to something a little bit weirder yeah for sure you, you couldn't release a a game like tiberium today 
as as being like the the return to the command and conquer franchise you have to like release a proper real-time strategy you know kind of kind of what the remake is going to be if it ends up being all that it's promised to be mm. Yeah, I um in the future we might do an episode on the Metroid series for example and that series had this kind of weird moment a couple of years ago where after a kind of 6 year long absence without any new games in that series uh they put out this game called Metroid Prime Federation Force on the DS sorry on the 3DS which was like a instead of being like a you know a Metroidvania style of game it was more of this weird cooperative uh experience with a very kind of cutesy art style and people were really kind of turned off from it. Like when you, when your franchise goes for a very long time without much of an update, when it comes back, you kind of got to give people comfort food. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Um, and I can see the same thing happening to Command & Conquer if EA ever decides to pull a similar to move to what Metroid did back then. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we I feel like we uh, got a pretty earlier we mentioned you know the that you personally are quite fond of the generals branch of the series which by extension probably means that your favorite game in the series is uh command and conquer generals because there is only one game in that branch <laughs> yeah for sure yeah it's, yeah it's generals yeah yeah uh of the other two branches though uh what are your favorite so for red alert it's it's the first red alert um i think that game um so if you're not really familiar with the Red Alert uh, subseries, the first Red Alert was a, a bit grounded. It was still wacky and zany and had all these time-altering uh, elements, but it was still relatively grounded with, with realistic units and, and, and stuff. Uh, I, I feel like the Red Alert 2, Red Alert 2 was really good, but it kind of went overboard with the, the wackiness and the zaniness of the, the themes for my part. And then Red Alert Three was just totally, totally ridiculous, <laughs> and um, and and that was just too far gone for me. Um, with regards to uh, the Tiberium universe, and I don't know that what I'm going to say is a bit controversial. Um, it actually is Tiberium Wars, the the third official entry in the series. Uh, mm. I feel that game had a very fun gameplay loop with uh, really interesting unit design and I really liked the the single player campaign with the, the, the A-list actors and cast that they managed to get for that, that game. So uh, yeah, Tiberian Wars is definitely the game in the Tiberian universe that it's my that is my favorite, yeah. Okay, cool. I mean uh, you know, I, I'm not going to render any judgment, obviously, because I don't. I'm not super familiar with these games myself. But hey, you're you're on this podcast. You're always welcome to say kind of whatever you want to speak, whatever you want to feel. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. And so, kind of to round things out, um, if anybody uh, is listening to this podcast and they're like, "Oh, this sounds really interesting. I want to get into the Command and Conquer series." How do you recommend that they go about doing so? Oh, that's a difficult one. That's probably like the difficult, most difficult question you've asked all night. Because the thing is, Command & Conquer is so big. Like, there's so many games right now. And there's so many... Um, they, they vary a lot in what they, they kind of offer. So I'd say, um, yeah, if you're more into like contemporary warfare... 
generals might be might be the way to go if you if you want to get your hands on something more um true to to what command and conquer really offers i'd say uh tiberian wars is a good way to kind of get into the franchise without going way back into the history books um yeah if you just want to start at the beginning just go with command and conquer one because it really holds up the gameplay is still fun and uh yeah i very much like it so those are kind of three options you have to get into the series okay um if somebody listening to this is like uh, a lot more console centric as opposed to pc centric and they you know have allergic reactions whenever they <laughs> put their hands on a keyboard would you possibly recommend some of command and conquer's more successful console games like i know you mentioned earlier that you weren't a huge fan of command and conquer red alert 3 because that game you know took the ludicrousness of the series a little bit too far but i know that that game you know released on the xbox 360 and playstation 3 and was while it wasn't as well received as its pc release uh those uh, ports of the game were decently received all the same would you recommend that as a possible entry point or would you adamantly stand by the PC games? For sure, I would I would definitely recommend at least try a PC version of Command & Conquer, but if it's not really your thing, I've, I've played the demo uh, of Tiberian Wars on the Xbox 360 when it released back in the day, and I cannot really say anything super negative about it. The way they handled the... Uh, console uh controller was actually really fun and inventive it's not as fast and, and snappy as uh mouse and keyboard of course but um if that's your only way to go and you do really want to get into the command and conquer franchise that way sure go for it definitely all right cool uh and with that that brings us to the end of the episode uh, thank you very much, Eilert. I hope that that wasn't uh, too stressful on you being interviewed with all those questions. Yeah, no problem. It was really fun, actually. Uh, and uh, and I hope uh, for the next episode you're ready for my list of questions. <laughs> Ooh, that is a tease. But what is he going to be interviewing me about? Well, you'll have to wait a bit to find out. Uh, because this is uh, the where we're, we're going to be closing out this episode. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, if you want to support us, um, you can do so by watching our videos on this channel or on our primary channel at youtube.com slash gamers, G-V-M-E-R-S. Uh, you can follow myself on Twitter at Alex Cozina. You can follow Eilert on Twitter at The Eilert, correct? That's correct, yeah. <laughs> uh, that is correct. And uh, you can also uh, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash gamers. Also correct? Also correct. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that it wasn't like, I don't know, underscore gamers or the gamers or... <laughs> no, no, it's all, yeah. it's all uniform. Yeah. All right. Uh, until next time, this is Alexander Kazina uh, signing off. You want to do a sign off? Yeah. My name is Eiler. Thank you for listening and I hope to see you in the next episode. All right. See ya. See ya.